Chapter Fourteen of In the Days of Giants. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. In the Days of Giants by Abby Farwell Brown. In the Giant's House. Although Thor had slain Thiasse, the giant builder, Thrym, the thief, Rungner, and Himner, and had rid the world of whole families of wicked giants, there remained many others in Jotunheim to do their evil deeds and to plot mischief against both gods and men. And of these, Geriod was the fiercest and the wickedest. He and his two ugly daughters, Gialp of the red eyes and Griop of the black teeth, lived in a large palace among the mountains where the Girod had his treasures of iron and copper, silver and gold, for since the death of Thrym, Girod was the lord of the mines, and all the riches that came out of the earth caverns belonged to him. Thrym had been Girod's friend, and the tale of Thrym's death through the might of Thor and his hammer had made Girod very sad and angry if i could but catch thor now without his weapons he said to his daughters what a lesson i would give him how i would punish him for his deeds against us giants oh what would you do father cried gialp twinkling her cruel red eyes and working her claw fingers as if she would like to fasten them in thor's golden beard oh what would you do father cried Griop, smacking her lips and grinding her black teeth as if she would like to take a bite out of Thor's stout arm. Do to him, growled Gerard fiercely. Do to him? Grr! I would chew him all up. I would break his bones into little bits. I would smash him into jelly. Oh, good, good, do it, father, and then give him to us to play with, cried Gialp and Griop, dancing up and down till the hills trembled and all the frightened sheep ran home to their folds, thinking that there must be an earthquake, for Gialp was as tall as a pine tree, and many times as thick, while Griop, her little sister, was as large around as a haystack and high as a flagstaff. They both hoped some day to be as huge as their father, whose legs were so long that he could step across the river valleys from one hilltop to another, just as we human folk cross a brook on stepping-stones and his arms were so stout that he could lift a yoke of oxen in each fist as if they were red-painted toys gerard shook his head at his two playful daughters and sighed we must catch master thor first my girls before we do these fine things to him we must catch him without his mighty hammer that never fails him and without his belt that doubles his strength whenever he puts it on or even i cannot chew and break and smash him as he deserves for with these his weapons he is the mightiest creature in the whole world and i would rather meddle with thunder and lightning than with him let us wait children then gialp and griop pouted and sulked like two great babies who cannot have the new plaything which they want and very ugly they were to see with tears as big as oranges rolling down their cheeks sooner than they expected they came very near to having their heart's desire fulfilled 
and if it had happened as they wished and if asgard had lost its goodliest hero its strongest defence that would have been red loki's fault all loki's evil planning for you are now to hear of the wickedest thing that up to this time loki had ever done as you know it was loki who was thor's bitterest enemy and for many months he had been waiting the chance to repay the thunder lord for the dole which thor had brought upon him at the time of the dwarf's gifts to asgard this is how it all came about loki had long remembered the fun of skimming as a great bird in freya's falcon feathers he had longed to borrow the wings once again and to fly away over the round world to see what he could see for he thought that so he could learn many secrets which he was not meant to know and plan wonderful mischief without being found out but freya would not again loan her feather dress to loki she owed him a grudge for naming her as thrym's bride and besides she remembered his treatment of idun and she did not trust his oily tongue and fine promises so loki saw no way but to borrow the feathers without leave and this he did one day when freya was gone to ride in her chariot drawn by white cats loki put on the feather dress and as he had done twice before once when he went to jotunheim to bring back stolen idun and her magic apples once when he went to find out about thor's hammer away he flew from asgard as bird-like as you please chuckling to himself with wicked thoughts it did not make any particular difference to him where he went it was so fun to flap and fly skim and wheel looking and feeling for all the world like a big brown falcon he swooped low thinking i wonder what freya would say to see me now Wee! how angry she would be just then he spied the high wall of a palace on the mountains oh ho said loki i never saw that place before it must be a giant's dwelling i think this must be jotunheim from the bigness of things i must just peep to see loki was the most inquisitive of creatures as wily-minded folk are apt to be loki the falcon alighted and hopped to the wall then giving a flap of his wings he flew up and up to the window ledge where he perched and peered into the hall and there within he saw the giant Girod and his daughters eating their dinner they looked so ugly and so greedy as they sat there gobbling their food in giant mouthfuls that loki on the window-sill could not help snickering to himself now at that sound Girod looked up and saw the big brown bird peeping in at the window hiya cried the giant to one of his servants go you and fetch me the big brown bird up yonder in the window then the servant ran to the wall and tried to climb up to get at loki but the window was so high that he could not reach he jumped and slipped and scrambled and slipped again and again while loki just sat above his clutching fingers and chuckled so that he nearly fell from his perch tee-hee tee-hee chattered loki in the falcon tongue it was such fun to see the fellow grow black in the face with trying to reach him that loki thought he would wait until the giant's fingers almost touched him before flying away but loki waited too long at last with a quick spring the giant gained a hold upon the window ledge and loki was within reach when loki flapped his wings to fly he found that his feet were tangled in the vine that grew upon the wall he struggled and twisted with all his might but in vain 
there he was caught fast then the servant grasped him by the legs and so brought him to Girod, where he sat at table now loki in his feather dress looked exactly like a falcon except for his eyes there was no hiding the wise and crafty look of loki's eyes as soon as Girod looked at him he suspected that this was no ordinary bird you are no falcon you he cried you are spying about my palace in disguise speak and tell me who you are loki was afraid to tell because he knew the giants were angry with him for his part in thrym's death small though his part had really been in that great deed so he kept his beak closed tight and refused to speak the giant stormed and raged and threatened to kill him but still loki was silent then Girod locked the falcon up in a chest for three long months without food or water to see how that would suit his birdship you can imagine how hungry and thirsty loki was at the end of that time ready to tell anything he knew and more also for the sake of a crumb of bread and a drop of water so then Girod called through the keyhole well sir falcon now will you tell me who you are and this time loki piped feebly i am loki of asgard give me something to eat oh ho quoth the giant fiercely you are that loki who went with thor to kill my brother thrym oh ho well you shall die for that my feathered friend no no screamed loki thor is no friend of mine i love the giants far better one of them is my wife which was indeed true as were few of loki's words then if thor is no friend of yours to save your life will you bring him into my power asked Girod. loki's eyes gleamed wickedly among the feathers here all at once was his chance to be free and to have his revenge upon thor his worst enemy ay that i will he cried eagerly i will bring thor into your power so Girod made him give a solemn promise to do that wrong and upon this he loosed loki from the chest and gave him food then they formed the wicked plan together while gialp and griop the giant's ugly daughters listened and smacked their lips loki was to persuade thor to come with him to Girodsgard. more he must come without his mighty hammer and without the iron gloves of power and without the belt of strength for so only could the giant have thor at his mercy after their wicked plans were made loki bade a friendly farewell to Girod and his daughters and flew back to asgard's as quickly as he could you may be sure he had a sound scolding from freya for stealing her feather dress and for keeping it so long but he told such a pitiful story of being kept prisoner by a cruel giant and he looked in truth so pale and thin from his long fast that the gods were fain to pity him and to believe his story in spite of the many times that he had deceived them indeed most of his tale was true but he told only half of the truth for he spoke no word of his promise to the giant this he kept hidden in his breast now one day not long after this loki invited thor to go on a journey with him to visit a new friend who he said was anxious to know the thunderlord loki was so pleasant in his manner and seemed so frank in his speech that thor whose heart was simple and unsuspicious never dreamed of any wrong not even when loki added and by the by my thor you must leave behind your hammer your belt and your gloves for it would show little courtesy to wear such weapons in the home of a new friend 
thor carelessly agreed for he was pleased with the idea of a new adventure and with the thought of making a new friend besides on their last journey together loki had behaved so well that thor believed him to have changed his evil ways and to have become his friend so together they set off in thor's goat chariot without weapons of any kind except those which loki secretly carried loki chuckled as they rattled over the clouds and if thor had seen the look in his eyes he would have turned the chariot back to asgard and to safety where he had left gentle sif his wife but thor did not notice and so they rumbled on soon they came to the gate of giant land thor thought this strange for he knew they were like to find few friends of his dwelling among the big folk for the first time he began to suspect loki of some treacherous scheme however he said nothing and pretended to be as gay and careless as before but he thought of a plan to find out the truth close by the entrance was the cave of grid a good giantess who alone of all her race was a friend of thor and of the folk in asgard i will alight here for a moment loki said thor carelessly i long for a draught of water hold you the goats tightly by the reins until i return so he went into the cave and got his draught of water but while he was drinking he questioned good mother grid to some purpose who is this friend Jirod, whom i go to see he asked her Jirod, your friend you go to see Jirod? she exclaimed he is the wickedest giant of us all and no friend to you why do you go dear thor hm muttered thor read loki's mischief again he told her of the visit that loki had proposed and how he had left at home the belt the gloves and the hammer which made him stronger than any giant then grid was frightened go not go not thor she begged Jirod will kill you and those ugly girls gialp and griop will have the pleasure of crunching your bones oh i know them well the hussies but thor declared that he would go whether or no i have promised loki that i will go he said and i will go for i always keep my word then you shall have three little gifts of me quoth she here is my belt of power for i also have one like your own and she buckled about his waist a great belt at whose touch he felt his strength redoubled this is my iron glove she said as she put one on his mighty hand and with it as with your own you can handle lightning and touch unharmed the hottest of red-hot metal and here last of all she added is gridarvol my good staff which you may find useful take them all three and may sif see you safe at home again by their aid thor thanked her and went out once more to join loki who never suspected what had happened in the cave for the belt and the glove were hidden under thor's cloak and as for the staff it was quite ordinary looking as if thor might have picked it up anywhere along the road on they journeyed until they came to the river vimer the greatest of all rivers which roared and tossed in a terrible way between them and the shore which they wanted to reach it seemed impossible to cross but thor drew his belt a little tighter and planting grid's staff firmly on the bottom stepped out into the stream loki clung behind to his cloak frightened out of his wits but thor waited on bravely his strength doubled by grid's belt and his steps supported by her magic staff higher and higher the waves washed over his knees his waist his shoulders as if they were fierce to drown him and thor said ho there river vimer 
do not grow any larger i pray it is of no use the more you crowd upon me the mightier i grow with my belt and my staff but lo as he nearly reached the other side thor spied someone hiding close down by the bank of the river it was gialp of the red eyes the big elder daughter of Jirod. she was splashing the water upon thor making the great waves that rolled up and threatened to drown him oh ho cried he so it is you who are making the river rise big little girl we must see to that and seizing a huge boulder he hurled it at her it hit her with a thud for thor's aim never missed giving a scream as loud as a steam whistle gialp limped home as best she could to tell her father and to prepare a warm reception for the stranger who bore loki at his back when thor had pulled himself out of the river by some bushes he soon came to the palace which loki had first sighted in his falcon dress and there he found everything most courteously made ready for him he and loki were received like dear old friends with shouts of rejoicing and ringing of bells Jirod himself came out to meet them and would have embraced his new friend thor but the thunder-lord merely seized him by the hand and gave him so hearty a squeeze with the iron glove that the giant howled with pain yet he could say nothing for thor looked pleased and gentle and Jirod said to himself ho ho my fine little thor i will soon pay you for that handshake and for many things beside all this time gialp and Griop did not appear and loki also had taken himself away to be out of danger when the hour of thor's death should come for he feared that dreadful things might happen before thor died and he did not want to be remembered by the big fist of the companion whom he had betrayed loki having kept his promise to the giant was even now far on the road back to asgard where he meant with a sad face to tell the gods that thor had been slain by a horrible giant but never to tell them how so thor was all alone when the servants led him to the chamber which Jirod had made ready for his dear friend it was a wonderfully fine chamber to be sure but the strange thing about it was that among the furnishings there was but one chair a giant chair with a drapery all about the legs now thor was very weary with his long journey and he sat down in the chair to rest then wonderful to tell if elevators had been invented in those days he might have thought he was in one for instantly the seat of the chair shot up towards the roof and against this he was in danger of being crushed as Jirod had longed to see him but quick as a flash thor raised the staff which good old grid had given him and pushed it against the rafters with all his might to stop his upward journey it was a tremendous push that he gave something cracked something crashed the chair fell to the ground as thor leaped off the seat and there were two terrible screams then thor found what do you think why that gialp and Griop, the giant's daughters had hidden under the seat of the chair and had lifted it up on their backs to crush thor against the roof but instead of that it was thor who had broken their backs so that they lay dead upon the floor like limp rag-dolls now this little exercise had only given thor an excellent appetite for supper so that when word came bidding him to the banquet he was very glad first said big Jirod, grinning horribly for he did not know what had happened to his daughters first we will see some games friend thor then thor came into the hall where fires were burning in great chimney-places along the walls 
it is here that we play our little games cried Giraud, and on the moment seizing a pair of tongs he snatched a red-hot wedge of iron from one of the fires and hurled it straight at thor's head but thor was quicker than he swift as a flash he caught the flying spark in his iron glove and calling forth all the might of greed's belt he cast the wedge back at the giant Giraud dodged behind an iron pillar but it was in vain thor's might was such as no iron could meet like a bolt of lightning the wedge passed through the pillar through Giraud himself through the thick wall of the palace and buried itself deep in the ground where it lodges to this day unless someone has dug it up to sell for old iron so perished Giraud and his children one of the wickedest families of giants that ever lived in jotunheim and so thor escaped from the snares of loki who had never done deed worse than this when thor returned home to asgard where from loki's lying tale he found all the gods mourning him as dead you can fancy what a joyful reception he had but for loki the false-hearted false-tongued traitor to them all there was only hatred he no longer had any friends among the good folk the wicked giants and the monsters of utgard were now his only friends for he had grown to be like them and even these did not trust him overmuch End of In the Giant's House Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah